Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Joe Ingles holds the ball down low by his ankles. Drives with the left hand on Mihailuk. Back up to Donovan. Donovan goes right. Jab step. Pull back three. Got it. Donovan Mitchell having quite the first quarter. O'Neal. Cross court. Looping pass to Ingles. Catch and shoot three. Got it. Conley retreats. Comes out the Gobert pick. Low dribble. Lobs it to Rudy. He tips it up and in. Highlights from the last Jazz game against Detroit. They play again tonight, 8 o'clock at Vivint Arena. Detroit was supposed to play in Denver last night. Did not. Less than eight available players after a uh, positive or inconclusive test and contact tracing. But Woj reporting last night that the Pistons departing Denver for Salt Lake expected to play the scheduled game at the Jazz. Sources tell ESPN. So, retesting and all that. I guess uh, everybody's day-to-day at this point, PK, but... After missing that game in Denver, apparently the arrow is up, Woj believes. I'm not day-to-day. You're the uh, man. Sure. You're the man. Pistons are coming in 5-15, and 15, but they did beat the shorthanded Lakers Thursday night. Didn't have AD, but had LeBron, and Detroit won by 15. So, Jazz and the Pistons, uh, 8 o'clock with Jazz, the game night pregame show, starting at 7 here on The Zone. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Eight seconds to go. Paul on the dribble. Gets around Kleba to the baseline. Now back to Booker. Right wing three. On the way. Good for Devin Booker. He canned it with one and a half seconds to go. The Suns take the one point lead. Of the Cavaliers that set LeBron off in Cleveland. This <laughs> lady. Wow. Well, she's pointing like that one meme with the lady and the cat. <laughs> LeBron James looked at my husband during the game and cussed him out, and I stood up and I go, don't talk to my husband. Talk to my husband one more time and I will you up. And he started fighting with me. He goes, shut your mouth. I go, you shut your mouth. I'm happy fans are back in the building. I miss that interaction. I need that interaction. We as players need that interaction. I don't feel like it was warranted to be kicked out. There was a... a you know, a back and forth between two grown men. Uh, and, you know, we said our piece, he said his piece, I said my piece. And then when someone else jumped into it and, and said their piece. But I didn't, I didn't think they were, you know, should have been kicked out. There's LeBron after uh, after the, I don't know, what what's the word, PK? You got a better vocabulary than me. Confrontation, brouhaha. Not technically a word, but I like it nonetheless. Lakers beat the Hawks 107-99 while LeBron and two fans were uh, yelling at each other. And before that, you heard Devin Booker with the three-pointer with a second and a half to go as the Suns beat the Mavericks 109-108. Well, you're, you're, you're downplaying this, but I don't see where LeBron can get off using profane language at paying customers. Seems like a bad idea. Seems like a bad idea for them uh, to be using pro If situations were reversed in certain circumstances, there'd be all sorts of stuff going on. But some people can get away with saying whatever they want. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'd have to investigate it to see what uh, prompted it. But, you know, he's LeBron, so he can 
pretty much tweet and say whatever he wants, and he's LeBron, and he can do whatever. But some other people, they they can't. And so I would, if I'm the league, I investigate this. Who said what first? Who started with the profanity? I mean, we've seen fans lose tickets over stuff, uh, interactions with players. I saw the gal things last night. She was dropping F-bombs like crazy. Yep. Uh, She... So I would at least investigate it and see what's going on and then uh, come out with something because that's not good for business. I, mean, I don't care who you are. It's, it's not uh, If you're a lesser player, you're not going to be able to get away with it. So there's all sorts of double standards that exist, and I don't know what happened. So LeBron may be completely in the right and saying something back, but the profanity, I don't know what he, if he said it, though. That's what I'm saying. You don't know I who don't, said what first. Well, just because someone said something first doesn't give you the right to just, just unleash a string of profanity at somebody. Right. So I, I'm saying I don't know the details whatsoever. So I'm just speaking generally. But something should there should be some form of investigation on this and to see what happens. And if there was inappropriate action by the, by the individual in the league, the point I'm making is penalties should apply whether you're the last player on the bench or you're the number one superstar in the league. That's that's the point I'm making. I agree with that point, but uh, you know, life doesn't work that way. And if I drop the word "fair," then you're going to lecture me. But this is your; these are paying customers, yeah. I assume. Uh, Maybe they're not. So I'm speaking generally that it's not good for business. I wouldn't just blow it off uh, if I were the league, and I don't know that they are. Or they aren't. So I'm not speaking anything specifics because I don't know about the specifics and all I know is that he said and literally she said and what she said that she put out there on social media was uh, not good (laughs) what was good was that uh, Chris Paul and that pass to Devin Booker okay let me ask you this you guys are TV guys so on my Comcast that game was on NBA TV it was blacked out but through direct I was able to get it on my phone I don't understand it doesn't make sense to me yeah, yeah. That, I don't bizarre. understand a lot of what's going on, and I don't know if the NBA TV. Usually, when a Jazz game is on and it's on NBA TV, it's it's blacked, it's blacked out. out. Yeah, and maybe they lifted it this past weekend because they knew the Jazz. I was uh, blacked out. I know that. I wasn't though. I was stunned. I almost didn't even check because it's so huh. often blacked out. But I just flipped over and there was uh, the Nuggets thing. So I, I'm not getting how the blackouts work in sometimes and not others. Is I can't. Phoenix in our market too, like they are with the Diamondbacks? No, they shouldn't no, be. We, we have should, we should a be team. Our own. We're a team. We should be our own thing. Yeah. Well, we uh, yeah I know, but we don't have a team. I mean that they're. 11 hours away and they consider it in our market well in baseball sense. in baseball we're a shared market for Denver and Phoenix why for the Rockies and Diamondbacks because they split stuff up regionally that's not that's very distant regionally I, I, agree, <laughs> I agree it is but they've done it nonetheless the Mariners then uh, they should <laughs> let be, the Mariners hey, in on this hey, don't do that I get I don't I want to watch my or Mariners. the Dodgers the, the I, Phoenix is not I that far, it's not I, much longer away than it is. We'll put LA in there. And yeah. LA and San Francisco. San Diego, yeah. come on. I, I get it, but that's not what Major League Baseball has done. Major League Baseball is arbitrarily. I know decided. what they've done. That's yeah. not the point. I'm asking why they've done it. Probably those teams are saying <laughs> LA and San Francisco have so many people, you got to give us this area to kind of help out. Oh, well, that's, that's very weak. But I did watch the game on my phone. And Chris Paul is an absolute marvel. You know, he's not the LeBron James, but he's 35 years old himself, and he was just absolutely outstanding. And, and that pass that he made, you know, Booker will get all the credit for hitting the three, 
with under two seconds to go. But Chris Paul on the bounce pass, putting the ball right above Booker's right hip. So you're complete and total shooting motion. And we've all we all can visualize the bounce pass being right above the hip mm-hmm. where his hands are over there and you're a right-handed guy. So you're catching that ball, turning your shoulders, rising up and hitting the game-winning three. Now the three the shot was awesome, no doubt about it. But my, I'm pointing out Chris Paul on the bounce pass, which was a decent bounce pass, putting it right there. It's like Tom Brady hitting hitting Gronk or whomever. Joe Montana, Steve Young hitting Jerry Rice. We can all picture that in complete and total stride. So he's running full speed, never breaks stride, and scores one of his uh, millions of touchdowns that he scored from those two fellas. And we all can visualize that. But this, I got to give it to Chris Paul. I did not think he would be this good in the league when he was coming out of Wake Forest. But I was dead wrong because he is a true superstar. Still going at a high, high level at 35 years of age. Very impressive. 34 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists, and really efficient. He made 14 of his 20 shots. He shot 70% from the floor. And they needed every one of them in a one-point win. Dallas continues to lose. Yeah. Major disappointment. 8 and 13. Rockets pounding the thunder. Houston's got a little something after the rebuild here, PK, but to what level are they going to be able to go, you think? Where, where is the ceiling? I mean, they haven't completely fallen apart, so credit for that, but there's also going to be a ceiling here. Well, every team has a ceiling who doesn't win it, so uh, their ceiling would be a little lower. I get your point, but if you finish second place, you have a ceiling too. Uh, so the Rockets in any given game are very, very dangerous. They've got a bunch of shooters in a shooter's league. They've got them. Uh, and uh, you know, Aaron Gordon, or not Aaron Gordon, Eric Gordon with the nice... Uh, game off the bench we've seen him do that many many times so i get your point but uh, i like what they've done having to do it pretty much out on the fly Fly, right exactly not gonna win anything this year but they are an entertaining team and they do have some talent right now you got the uh the grizzlies fifth to the spurs who are 10th and there's only one game separation and the rockets are in that group so Good. From the Jazz perspective, let them people battle it out. There you go. Stay clear of them. Stay up where you are. Grizzlies beat the Spurs, by the way, 133-102. Memphis is in that group as well. They are essentially tied for fourth with, uh, excuse me, tied for fifth with uh, Phoenix. Uh, they're both three games over 500. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. BYU basketball tonight on the road in San Diego. Take on USD, Jenny Craig Pavilion, 7 o'clock. That game will be on KJAZZ 14. Also streamed on the stadium network. BYU, 5-2 in conference, but the last three have been scary, PK. They've been messing around. They went two out of three. I think they got enough... uh, Got enough offense here to pull away and separate and win comfortably because it seems like they have long stretches huh. where scoring becomes they an do. issue. It's a question of will they. But, uh, yeah, absolutely they should be able to. And I, and I want to see it because uh, there's no need to be battling with some of these teams. And I don't want to care. I don't care that San Diego, oh, you last year, you barely got out of there with your lives. And let's stop building up these crappy teams to more than what they are. 
And I get the coaches need to do that and send the message to the players, but I'm not going to buy into it. If you're an NCAA tournament program, not a team, but a program, then you should go down there and wallop these guys. And what is Stadium Network? For those folks, how do you who can't get KJAZ 14, how do you stream that? You need a streaming device, a Roku, an Apple TV, uh, Amazon Fire Stick, one of those, and then you stream it over the internet. So basic internet isn't on you also, my phone? You, you also could go do it yeah, on your browser if you want to. Put in Stadium Network and there'll be some watch live function or something like that to click on. But KJS 14 is over the air and it's on Dish Direct and Comcast, so... Should be able to get it. Yeah. San Diego is one of those teams that hasn't played very many games. We were talking about uh, Oregon and Cal PK. The Toreros, 2-7 and seven and 1-4 and four in conference. This will be their 10th game. It'll be BYU's 19th game. So, a not very good team that doesn't play very often. Cal's played plenty of games, but uh, Oregon hasn't. Right. We were talking about the difference between the two of them yesterday. Uh, the Utes were supposed to play ASU tonight, but that's not happening. Utes are getting ready for uh, Arizona on Thursday and then uh, ASU on Sunday. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Would you consider playing beyond 45, especially with the way you're playing right now? Yeah, definitely. I would definitely consider that. And, you know, again, I think, again, it's a physical sport. And, and uh, just the perspective I have on that is, you know, you never know kind of when, uh, you know, that moment is just because it's a contact sport and there's a lot of training that goes into it. And again, it has to be 100% commitment from myself to keep doing it. That's Tom Brady asking, uh, getting asked there if he'd play beyond 45 when he said 45 just seemed outrageous, but now that he's 43 and in a Super Bowl, I mean, in addition to, you know, I mean, him basically referencing whatever career-ending injury there, uh, you just wonder at what point the drop-off comes, at what point his arm can't get the ball downfield and all of that. And we've seen with other quarterbacks, when that comes, it usually comes pretty quickly. Tom Brady's the single greatest sports story in the history of sports. exclusively sports Jackie Robinson of course with all the social ramifications but that goes way above and beyond sports I'm talking strictly out on the field we've seen nothing like it in the history of sports the greatest man hit PK up top that everybody else who's played that age has been a backup not a starter for the Super Bowl team. And it's not just playing at this age. That's not that's What about the guys who played multiple sports? Dion and, and Bo, and, and then if you go way back, there are guys a long time ago who played a lot of sports. But those are the multi-sports guys recently. That doesn't do it for you? Over Tom Brady, having this level of success for all these years? No, it's great. And those guys, when we were doing the sports century stuff at uh, 20 years ago, uh, they should have been right there. A guy like Danny Ainge, who played Major League Baseball and NBA, obviously, and Ainge is just all that, and golf and football and badminton if he took it up, and field hockey probably, and whatever else he wanted to do. Those guys are absolutely special, no doubt about it. Tom Brady, what he's been able to, to, he's not the greatest athlete. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the greatest story in sports. 
Chiefs place reserve offensive lineman Daniel Kilgore and wide receiver Demarcus Robinson on the reserve COVID-19 list due to close contact with a barber who tested positive for the virus. Both could be available to play Sunday if they register five straight days of negative tests. So that'll take them right up to the brink. We'll find out about them uh, on the weekend, I guess. These guys get free haircuts, too. The guys who don't need the free haircuts getting the free haircuts? Yeah. Like coaches' contracts. They get $4 million. And a golf membership. And the use of two cars. You could buy a freaking car dealership. (laughs) (laughs) And you get the use of two cars. (laughs) And when you get one country club membership around here, it's usually three, if not more, because a lot of them have reciprocal agreements. Oh, so once you're in the door in one place, you can go somewhere else. Yeah, a lot of them have that. Not every one of them, but a lot of them. I believe if you have one in the Valley here, you basically have three as far as being able to go play uh, golf at these places. Estimated 23.2 million Americans plan to bet on the Super Bowl, combining to risk potentially $4.3 billion, but that's a massive decrease of about 37%, according yeah. to research from the American Gaming Association. With the ongoing pandemic, both figures down, despite 36 million more Americans having access to legal sportsbooks in their state or jurisdiction. Last year, they think that 26 million Americans bet almost $7 billion. It's a lot of money. I guess people don't want to go to casinos and hang out in crowds now. Is that dragging things down by 37%? But online betting Online, right. No, I, think it's, I think it's more of the financial oh, okay. situations yeah, rather the pandemic. than... Yeah. People don't have right. the money to bet in some cases. Yeah, I mean, they, people have taken a huge hit yeah. financially. Many, many people. I mean, this is... This is serious. These lockdowns, lockouts, and lockups, and lockdown I, sports, and all this stuff. <laughs> lockdown sports. <laughs> I have a uh, a friend from college who lives in the LA area and works at a uh, restaurant in Malibu, and they have been doing curbside, but they just reopened fifty percent table seating just in the last week. So he, he's been home for a long time. Even though the numbers have not gone down, hmm, I wonder about that. Uh, there's a recall effort underway. You don't have to wonder. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's that recall right there. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Washington Huskies promoting inside linebacker coach Bob Gregory to defensive coordinator. Replacing Pete Kwiatkowski, who left UW to become the new D.C. at Texas. And Arizona Wildcats legend Teddy Bruschi is returning to Tucson as a senior advisor to new coach Jed Fish. What's a senior advisor going to do? Not go out and recruit, apparently. Well, he's actually not returning to Tucson. He's going to do it from Massachusetts. Uh, so I think he's going to keep his uh, ESPN gig and all that stuff. And that's where he obviously was with the Patriots. And he's one of their superstar alumni players. And, you know, he looks like a million dollars and he's well-spoken and all that. He considered actually being the head coach and put out feelers and then... Uh, made a statement that he was going to stay where he is. Uh, his wife uh, played volleyball at the U of A, and she's a big-time volleyball coach, high school level, won a state championship back there in, in uh, UMass. I think the issue here, the bigger issue, is that the U of A is trying to get uh, as many 
big-time players that they have get back involved with the program. They hired Ricky Hundley and Chuck Cecil to be de uh, defensive assistants, and those guys were prominent players at the U of A. And so they're trying because they realize the program really, really has hit rock bottom. Now, Brewski will make appearances in Tucson. Uh, Greg Hansen, who we've had on the show a number of times, a Utah State grad who is, I believe he's like 70 years old. He's been working at the Tucson paper since like 1980, 81, 82, somewhere in there. So a long, long time. Uh, and he wrote that, uh, you know, Brewski's going to do most of it remotely. Uh, I don't want to say it's just image because I don't know that. But the point is that they recognize that the U of A football program should not be this bad. But yet it is. So they're trying all. They're reaching into everyone that has any connection to try to get them back involved. Be one of the reasons is this Jed Fish, who had zero connection to uh, Tucson and wasn't really a big name sexy hire. They're trying to boy him up in that way. So it's going to be tough. I don't know if you've uh, heard this before, but it's very difficult for the state of Arizona to keep its high school players in state. Yeah, I know a guy who talks about that <laughs> on a fairly regular basis. So, But he does have the facts to back him up. You know, Here's the Fiesta Bowl. Two teams coming in from out of state and... Both guys, it's a homecoming because they played the high school football in Arizona. Well, if you have the Pac-12 title game and the Big 12 title game and all four quarterbacks <laughs> started, played in the Valley of the Sun, it's and the Ohio State guy. Somebody home, yeah. Yeah, the, the expected Ohio State quarterback this year, another program. It, it, it is a little bit of a problem. Yeah. You just wonder if it's really going to get turned around, though. It's technology has changed, the ability to see no, games, to connect, it's not. and so it's really becoming more widespread. I mean, uh, how many yeah. how many high school All Americans did Utah high schools produce this past year? Four, was it? Yeah, first and second team. Right, and one of them went to Weber State, and the other three went out of state. Yeah, one of them had one of them had size issues. Doesn't fit the profile. May may turn out to be good. Who knows? We'll have to see. It's not like Weber State hasn't put people in the NFL. Correct. So I don't want to dismiss anybody, but you know, if you don't have the the physical, but if you have the physical size and all the stuff they're looking for and you can play, Oregon comes in and swoops you up. You can just click on these online lists and the top recruits in most western states are going to Oregon. They're not staying at home and Oregon's getting picked to go to the playoff and everybody else is trying to keep their top kids home. Now as a percentage, you know, Utah and BYU are doing better at keeping kids home. Maybe not, you know, the player ranked one or the player ranked two, but out of the top ten, they're doing a better job of keeping them home than the Arizona schools are doing. Arizona's basically losing. The Arizona schools are losing seventeen or eighteen of their top twenty. It looks like most years, I and mean, they're just oh yeah, fleeing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So the, the with the depth, the locals are doing better, but at the top, Oregon's scooping up whoever they want, including in California. Mm -hmm. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball season scheduled to begin on time after the Players Association rejected the proposal by the league to delay the start of the season. February 17 will be the spring training report date. And so I guess we're going to get 162 games, PK, unless something crazy happens down the road, right? I was thinking about this yesterday. I would be in favor of increased playoff and then 154. Uh, yeah, I can see why 
See, the, the thing is, the owners are in favor of that because they make more money. <laughs> those eight regular season games are not worth as much as those playoff games. The TV networks will pay big time for those. But for the players, they're getting paid on 162 games. So if they agree to 154, they're worried they're going to get backdoored somehow. But yeah, as a fan, I get that the playoff games are more important to you than the eight regular season games. Yeah, that's all I care about. I don't care about their money. I'm just a fan. I don't receive any money from this. If I received money, I would care, but I don't. I'm just speaking from the fan perspective, and that's all I've ever been. I've never played the game. Well, I did play baseball, but I played it poorly. (laughs) You don't even think you were mediocre, huh? I mean, you were a gold glover. I think you must have been mediocre, not poor. I was okay. I just always like to downplay it because normally people tell you how great they are. Yeah, no point in that. Or great they were. Just another high school kid running in circles. There you go. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Angels pitching coach Mickey Calloway has been accused of inappropriate behavior by five women who are in the media, including sending shirtless photos, a request for nude pics, and other advances. I was thinking about this, too, yesterday when I saw this last night. The guy's buff. I saw the pictures. I'll give him that. But I think that they should just, like, they have no gambling uh, posters and signs in the clubhouses and in the locker rooms and all this stuff at the pro sports level. I think they ought to put under no circumstances, zero circumstances, do you do anything that is beyond even the remotest possibility of taking wrong with female media members. Do not do it under any circumstances. Ask their question, answer their questions. That is, don't even ask them, how's your day? Don't do any of that. Just stop it. There is plenty of fish in the sea for you to hit on, as they say. Do not do it to female media members. This has got to stop. It is just don't even come close so we don't have to have any more of this crap. Yeah, if you know female media members, they'll tell you you have no idea the stuff that they've heard and seen. I've seen it. Firsthand. Absolutely, I've seen it. I've been in NBA locker rooms and guys taking off the towels and strutting it with with the intent of a female media member just to show them, just to make them feel uncomfortable yeah, and all that stuff. And Yeah, do not do it. Just don't do it. Drives me crazy. There is absolutely no reason to do it. If you want to hit on somebody, just go to a bar after the game or whatever, and they'll line up for you. Don't do it to the female media members. It's They have got to send a strong message. Do not do it. There's no excuse whatsoever. And if she, in the rare, rare, extremely rare circumstance, if you think she is initiating something, then you immediately go to your media communications people. And it's cut off. Not, I don't even know that that happens. I'm just saying probably right. one time in, in whatever. But if it should, my point is no interaction beyond question, answer at all. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Amari Sankofa, Detroit Pistons beat writer for the Detroit Free Press. will join us at 8 o'clock with the Jazz scheduled to play the Pistons tonight. Matt Harpering, you see him on Jazz TV broadcast. He will stop by at 9 o'clock right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Number one.
Plus your number one preset. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes Your Toast is brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Cadillac owners may have changed, but the luxury hasn't. Come see the bold new lineup of Cadillac at Jerry Seiner Cadillac today. I think we need to update that song. Well, I ain't David James or Patrick Kinahan. Question of the morning. Are the Jazz a legitimate championship contender or merely a good team? I'm writing about that, and I wrote about that. We're going to post it. Uh, I don't know. Our website's still down, Yak, but uh, KSL will have it this morning. KSL will have it for you, though. Uh, That uh, Because I am a multimedia star. It's not like you know I'm bragging or anything, but I'm, uh-huh. the, big, I'm the biggest star this media market has. You're the media triple threat. I'm like Jokic, you know, all around game, uh, offensively, and I am very offensive, so that kind of goes together. And you're a joker, so that works too. But I'm not a smoker or a midnight toker. But I do get my loving on the run. Saying it. Uh, <laughs> Utah media triple threat, Patrick Kennedy. <laughs> So, you know, I was doing some research on this. Kendrick Perkins uh, said, hey, you know, you have to give it to the Jazz. They're a dark, har- dark horse championship contender. And I thought, dark horse? That's sort of a backhanded compliment. Yeah. That's not – I would – if I'm on the Jazz, Jazz – fans are, Jazz fans are used to that. Do they even flinch at that kind of stuff anyway? I would, I would be ticked. But then I saw – so I was doing some research, Channing Fry. And I quote, I quote uh, Channing Fry. He uh, played uh, many years in the NBA, um, and a, a Phoenix kid played uh, his ball down in Tucson, uh, saying that uh, the, the great thing about the Jazz is that they're going for it this year, and they have the pieces. So you got that going on. And I looked at uh, saw. Well, Zach Harper, we had him on the air. He worked for us a couple years ago doing playoffs. I think it was two years ago. Maybe have been three. Correct me if I'm wrong, Yach, but I think it was two years ago. I think you got I, it. I, I did a ton of radio work with him. And the Athletic, he has the Jazz in the power ranking after, after the Denver loss, number one. So you got all sorts of opinions there. They're, obviously, they're a good team. No one's arguing that. But are they really a contender or are they just a – a good team. I mean, you're getting varying opinions, and that's the great thing about it. I mean, this is sports, and we're debating topics that have no bearing on the world, but are, they're fun, and we get to debate them. And who doesn't, you know, everyone likes to do that. It's like you're sitting at a bar stool or at your kitchen table with your buddies or whatever it might be, and you're debating. Are they legitimate title contender, or are they merely a good team? Well, we all bring a bias to it. And you sure. know I want to say they're a championship contender, and you know from doing this show with me that I believe most years there are two or three championship contenders. In the league, yeah, okay. In the league. Yeah. Um, now, you can, you know, how you define championship contender. Well, you were in a series, and you took them to six or seven games. Uh, you go back a couple of years, I don't think there were three 
contenders. I think it was the Warriors, and they were going to do it. And maybe you could say, well, it's the Warriors, and maybe LeBron could do it because he's probably coming out of the East. You yeah. know, the Rockets, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you said, even the year the Rockets took the Warriors to seven, you said you were watching the series thinking, Houston's not going to do this. So in your mind, that year, the second best team in the NBA wasn't a championship contender. That's just according to me, though. No, I get it. And it's your, it's, but it's like you said, everybody's got an opinion. Nobody's right or wrong. It's just sports. And I think this year, if you go to if you go to the NFL, I mean, yeah, the Bucks are a championship contender, and yeah, we thought the Bills were really good, and yes, when the Steelers were eleven and zero, everybody's going, "What about the Steelers?" But deep down, we all picked the Chiefs at the start of the year to repeat, and they haven't. Have they done anything? Have they come close to losing? Is there really another contender? I mean, the Bucks are only a three and a half point underdog, but how many people sitting here listening to the show right now? Really think the Bucks are going to do it? And you're well, in the Super Bowl, so are you a contender I then? Well, I think they got a shot, but I think the NFL is a little bit different because it's a one gamer, and you know, could uh, I could I, I could argue that if New Orleans played the Bucks four out of seven, that they win, but in one game you throw three or four picks, and, and away you go, and you get the other uh, team gets the opportunity to win the ball game. So NFL's a little different in that yeah. regard because you're saying this year, and that's great, but at the same time, uh, going back, who picked the Cardinals and Giants to even get to the Super Bowl when mm-hmm. both teams were seven and seven? Right. That's that's. This year, the Chiefs are the dominant team based off of last year, and good for them. So, but at the yeah. same time, who's picking the Giants to beat an undefeated New England team? Approximately zero people, but yet they did. So that's a little bit different in the one-game basis. Basketball, for better or worse, is more true with a seven-gamer. So I guess what I'm leading up to right here is we can say that there are two, four, or six contenders. You can pick whatever you... I usually pick two or three. Somebody else might pick four or five in the NBA. And we can sit here and look at records and who's won early, but deep down, if we're being totally honest and setting aside whatever bias, does anybody expect anyone to beat the Lakers? Unless the Lakers have injuries. Oh, I, I think it's a possibility, yes. So uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say expect. I would say can is a different word. Expect is assuming and believing something is going to happen. I'm not at the expect level. Uh, I'm at the can level. And to me, there's four contenders. Lakers. Lakers, Clippers. Uh, You're going to go Jazz, and then are you going to go Nuggets or Sixers? Because if you come out of the East and you can get all the way to the final and there's an injury, we've seen multiple times, that's a path to winning a championship. It is. So I am not actually picking a team in the East. I'm picking whoever emerges. So what from about the East. what about the Nuggets? No go? Not yet. Still subject to change. I mean I don't I think Jamal Murray was somewhat of a fluke. No, what to the, fi- to the fifty was. point to the fifty point level. Yeah. Correct. I think it was circumstantial. And I got to see him do it right now, so far, through 25% of the season. He hasn't come close to matching that. Doesn't mean he won't come close to match. He won't match it, because I don't think Mitchell's going to match it for that matter either. But Mitchell obviously has come closer to matching it. And I think Mitchell's a better player than Murray. So, And I think the Jazz are a better team 
than they were last year. I'm not sure about the Nuggets. I could. I, we're talking February 2nd here. This is subject to change, but for better or worse. I mean, in March 2nd, I may say, oh, the Jazz had their run. It was nice, but they were proven to be frauds. I don't believe that. I don't think so, but that could come to pass. And obviously LeBron is not a fraud. He's one of the greatest, if not the all-time greatest, depending on how old you are. <laughs> what your age is usually uh, correlates to your uh, predictions or statements on who you think is this or that uh, because you it's just whether it's in your wheelhouse or not. So with him as a healthy entity, absolutely. Uh, and I don't know that anybody – I expect any team to beat them, but can they beat them? Yeah, because I think that they are so top-heavy and if they have anybody struggle a little bit of the supporting role players, they're, they're, they could potentially be in trouble. Uh, maybe LeBron can drag them off or through or over or whatever, and, or maybe they're just two guys are just so good that it doesn't matter. So it's, it's somewhat of a long shot to beat the Lakers because of LeBron and Anthony Davis, but I believe, I believe the Jazz can because I, I think right now on February 2nd, to answer the question, the bottom line is yes, I think they are in contention for an NBA title, which I mean, it sounds hard to believe because we're out here in the middle of the desert and nobody even knows we exist and we can go to the extreme level how far we want. But I think the talent and the veteran experience that this team has, uh, I think to me, the number one difference is Mike Conley. We're getting more of the Mike Conley that we expected and more of the Mike Conley that we saw. And, Pretty much everybody else is doing what we thought they were capable of. I will say to a little bit of an ex, uh, exception, I'd go Royce O'Neal offensively. But the problem with Royce is he doesn't get enough shots. I'm going to ask Matt Harpering that. Should he be getting more shots? Like, what what was he against Denver? Did he only take three? Uh, it was a low number. Yeah. So he's shooting the ball better than I thought. But it's not having the major effect because he doesn't have the FGAs. Well, he can have them, but then you got to take them away from somebody else. Because the one thing that they have done in this Fine. stretch that I think is really important is they've really cut down on the turnovers. And when you turn the ball over, obviously you're going to have possessions without shots, so there are guys who aren't getting their FGAs because nobody's getting them because you're coughing the ball up. Uh, but that seems to have been fixed. But once that comes down and you see where those shots go, you know, if they – uh, Royce was four for four. Okay, four for four. That's not enough. He's leading the team in three-point shooting percentage, is he not? I think he is. Uh, and by the way, yeah. all four of those shots were three-pointers. You didn't get any, you know, know, any putbacks yeah, or anything on the three, break. But it was four for four. It was four for four, yeah. Okay, yeah. I missed the one. I forgot one. <laughs> uh, his play, in my mind, demands more FGAs. But he's not getting them. And I don't care who they come at the expense of because he's shooting better than you are. And maybe that wouldn't play out if it was more FGAs. You know, just because you're good in 20 minutes doesn't mean you'll be 
as good or better oh, based on a absolutely not. Minute. Especially when it comes to these three-point shots. If you're only taking four, are you only taking them when you're wide open? Or, you know, if there's anyone running at you, then do you move the ball to the next player? If you start launching those, maybe you're launching some contested shots, and now the percentage is going down. I understand that. Yeah. And, and the thing is that as far as getting more shots, you know, and we can talk to Matt about this because it's how the game has changed even since, you know, he played and he was in his heyday, which wasn't that long ago. Uh, but the game's changed that quickly. You know, now the ball is moving, and who feels like they have the green light and has the self-confidence to shoot against a little bit of pressure? Whereas in Matt's day, you got shots because they ran specific plays for you. You know, and we all know Matt ran the pin down. Matt went to the baseline, and then there was a screen, and then Matt came up to the free throw line and shot a turnaround 15-footer. But nobody's calling, you know, a player's number in the same way now. You know, the ball's moving around the perimeter, and whoever thinks they have the best open shot takes it. And so maybe it's a case of more, you know, Royce's mentality. Well, what I think it is, it's a case of teammates being more aware. Okay, Royce is in the corner. Is he open? Yes, boom, he gets the ball. No, he's not. I swing it. Uh, maybe they need to be having Royce more on their mindset. Where's Royce? Because obviously, where's Donovan? <laughs> where's Clarkson? And, we heard that from Joe. Where's Clarkson with the clock running? And they down? should, and and that's absolutely what they should be thinking. Yeah. yeah, because they're that good, and they should be thinking that. You know, and Joe is the master of that. He knows where everybody is, and he knows where they want the ball, and he knows how to get it to them. So, I mean, obviously, he's a great distributor. Uh, but maybe they need to start thinking about, hey, where's Royce? As opposed to, okay, well, there's Royce, and he's wide open and he gets the ball after a swing because we've mm-hmm. looked elsewhere. Maybe you need they to look for him a little earlier, have a little bit more of a mindset, or maybe not. Maybe he's just that player that, hey, shoot it when you're open, and we want you to work like a dog on defense. But the fact is, he's played a little bit better. But I think the key difference in this team being 15-5 and five is Conley and his comfortability and his ability to fit in. And he spoke to it about it himself, you know, last year more thinking, this year just playing, and it's a good thing to see. I'm looking at that uh, Denver box score thing, and, well, if he's going to take more shots, who do I want to take less? And the guys who were inefficient were Conley and Mitchell, but they only they took, took 10 and 12 shots, and you don't want those guys shooting less. You know, Clarkson was 4-13. I mean, do you want him taking 13 shots in 25 minutes? Maybe that's a guy who should shoot less. Joe took seven shots in 25 minutes. It doesn't seem outrageous, as good a shooter as he is. But to your point, O'Neal's shooting 40, almost 47% from three, which is a very high number. Well, sure. Once you get to 40, you're in, you're in a good neighborhood. You're in a very good neighborhood when you get to 40. 47 is really high end. Well, 45 is like hitting 350 in baseball. Yeah, yeah. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Amari Sankofa, Detroit Pistons beat writer for the Detroit Free Press, coming up in 15 minutes with the Jazz and the Pistons playing tonight. Find out uh, from Amari how many how many legit championship contenders are there. We'll get to that coming up. More of your reaction. You're hitting us up on Facebook, DJ and PK. On Twitter, David DJ James. Grab your phone. Use our app. Use the open mic feature. You can send us your takes. On 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Have we ever talked to John on the air? No, no, and I've got questions. Is he there? 
I'm here. Hey, John, how are hey, you? Hey, John. I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, John, yeah. while we have you. No, no. <laughs> we've had a, uh-huh. a, a long back and forth about a pitchfork incident. I want to know the details of my buddy here and your brother running a pitchfork through you. <laughs> we were out working and, you know, cleaning our ends or whatever you want to call it. And uh, he thought that he was like King Triton and he uh, threw that pitchfork and exactly uh, oh! threw enough. He just rang on the mark and put it right underneath the kneecap. Did you throw a trident? Yeah, and I killed a guy with a trident. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Join the big show Friday from 2 to 6 at the Warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Swear say boom? Uh, it's too late, the moment's gone. 3, 2, it's gone. 1. Boom! That went bad. All right, question of the morning. Jazz, really good team or legit championship contender? So the only thing uh, you and I are going to disagree on then is Denver championship contender. You're not ready to go there yet, and I'm putting them in. I'm not, no. I have to see more. I I think you need more than one guy that you can count on, Jokic. And right now I'm like a half a count. On Jamal Murray. And I could be wrong. You know, maybe he's just a new team, even though it's a lot of the same guys and a slow start. And, uh, you know, really it uh, doesn't matter what you're doing in January. And now we're in February, obviously. And, and going forward here, when we get to May and June, he'll be on fire. Lake be the first yep. time if I'm wrong. You've got Lakers, Clippers, Jazz, and whoever comes out of the East. And that is a path, whether it's Milwaukee or Philly or whoever it is, if you can, if you can get out of the East and the other team uh, isn't healthy, you got a, you got a shot. You're a contender. Yeah, you could potentially just be an ankle tweak away. Spider Shoe Tracker says, "I say yes. Even when we've had streaks before, it was to catch up. We've barely been the front runner and took record breaking shooting and MVP and our two best offensive players playing badly for a great team in the West to beat us." Todd says, of course they're a contender. Lakers lead the pack. And then there are about six teams that are contenders. Lakers one injury away from not winning again, but if they stay healthy, they will win again. I see where Todd's going there. All right, we'll make you all contenders because the Lakers might get hurt, but if the Lakers are healthy, yeah, you're not really contenders. I don't know that I can go six teams, though. That seems he doesn't list who they are. My guess is he's got multiple teams he thinks could come out of the East. He might be with me on Denver and say Philly and Milwaukee, either one of them could come out of the East. That's And I um, guess they could, yeah. That, that's I how I, think I'm thinking. Can. Yeah, that's how I'm thinking he's saying. I would uh, go Philly or, or uh, Brooklyn off the top of my head. Any, right any trust in Boston? They seem like the hot team, and now because they haven't done it, everyone seems to be cooling on them. Uh, I'm not really sure about Boston, no. I, I, I don't know about their depth. I mean, I know they've got two really good what we would consider back in the day small forwards uh, in Brown and Tatum. Walker is sort of a hit and miss, been injured. Mar- 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 uh, Marcus Smart is more of a defensive guy. That big German guy all tatted up in the middle. Uh, don't know that he's a big-time caliber player. And what do they really have, big man, besides him? So right now I'd say no. 
All right, we got more of your reaction coming in. Hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James. We will get to that. Next up, Jazz and Pistons tonight. We'll run this past Omari Sankofa, Detroit Pistons beat writer for the Detroit Free Press. And we will do that coming up next. Stay with us.